0: Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos.
1: Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Welcome back, friends. We are so excited to be here today talking about helping kids make friends. Um, If you don't already know, we have an episode all about mom friends because clearly we think those are more important. We talked about that first. (laughs) That's in episode 112. So go listen to that if you need some friends of your own. But today we're going to be talking about helping our kids navigate that tricky social interaction of making and keeping friends.
0: Yeah, because since we love our kids so much, we think everybody else ought to, too. And when they don't, then we kind of get this mother grizzly bear thing going on, and it's hard for us kind of to sometimes evaluate and adjudicate the situation as needed. So we're going to help you through some of that today. I, however, have a funny mom moment from early in our parenting children and helping them learn how to make friends journey. (laughs) So um, we had this cousin who he and when we would get together with him, he would often have a friend over and they were both, both these guys were about a year older than my son. And they were just kind of um, the older guys and they would bully him a little bit and they were rude. And all right. So one, so it went on, you know, this situation went on for months and finally my husband's like, yeah, I'm going to do something about this. So (laughs) he said, I'm just going to have a little talk with these boys. And so he um, took the boys aside and he said, hey, you guys, you understand that my son is, when he grows up, he's going to be very, very much bigger than you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And so you need to be nice now. They're like eight and nine year olds. So that when he grows up and he's way, way bigger than you guys, that he's nice back to you. So they looked at him (laughs) like, yeah, right. Yeah, right, dad. You know, how can you see in the future and all that? So, um, of course, my son grew to be 6'9". And this this kid is mm, now as an adult, he's maybe five, eight or five, nine, <laughs> just, it's just <laughs> genetic. Like my husband could see, you know, you're dead short and we have tall genes and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about a year ago, this um, cousin came back and of course all the relationship stuff is evened out now that they're adults. And he came back and he said, um, mm-hmm. uncle, do you remember what you told us when we were like eight and nine years old? My husband was like, uh, no. And he said, well, you told us how much bigger our cousin was going to be. He, he said, you told us our cousin was going to be bigger than us, but you forgot to tell us how much bigger than us he was going to be. <laughs> so it's kind of a joke to this day. How that my husband told him to be nice because he was going to big, be big, just not how much bigger he was going to be. <laughs>
1: well, I I would think just talking to your husband as a crazy tall man, they would be like looking way up and going, yeah, okay, we'll <laughs> listen to whatever you have to say. <laughs> but I guess that didn't, didn't take, uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, payback guys, watch out. <laughs> okay, so we know that as moms and dads, we really want our kids to have friends and not just any friends, but really, really good friends. I know that my experience with friends growing up, the really good ones, they just make a lasting impact on your life and they really, really help you uh, make choices, either good or bad, right? So we want the good ones for our, for our kids.
0: Yeah. The influence of friends is a really big one. I, I was thinking about it. I think it's because, you know, family kind of has to like you or has to be around you. But so then sometimes as a kid, you kind of judge who you are and what you're worth and all that based on what other people who are not related to you think. I mean, think about all the good things that your friends maybe influenced you into, good and bad. So the like there's just this thing where you want to please friends you want other people to like you and so it starts all the way back in preschool you know the very first friendships are especially helpful in developing social and emotional skills and increase a sense of belonging and decreasing stress and all this friendship stuff just starts right at the very beginning I mean you can see two kids on at the park just sizing each other up and it's all the gears are turning and it's all starting right there
1: yeah, it's true. It's really, really fascinating to watch. In researching this episode, we were actually really surprised to learn what, an, what a strong impact really young friendships had on kids. So me personally, I was like, eh, do friends really matter before maybe age seven or eight, right? Those are kind of the earliest friendships I can remember. But a lot of the articles I read talked about how important preschool friends are as well. And to- sibling interactions, I think, also count for this because there's really, I mean, how many opportunities do do little, little kids get? to be out and about, maybe a play date here and there or whatever, but just that those social interactions in the early years are really important for them.
0: Yeah. I think we can all think back to when we were kids and, um, friendships that we had and how, how they affected us and how they made us feel and things that they did for us. Um, I, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things that I loved about my friends was I felt like somebody was on my side like that's you know just the little narcissistic mm. kid thing but just feeling like it's all about me and somebody's on my side and somebody agrees with me and <laughs> just kind of fill that gap of needing wanting to be needed or wanting to be liked is i i think just the biggest thing of of a of a kid friendship well i guess any friendship really yeah
1: it's true it kind of helps you um to feel a little bit validated even or maybe especially if your siblings don't see eye to eye with you, right? That's where friends come in and kind of rally around you. Um, and, and positive friendship interactions can set your child up for a lifetime of positive social inter- interactions. So, um, you know, a child who really struggles with friends early on might start thinking that there's something wrong with him or her. You know, like it, it, it behooves us as parents to really um, help these kids out, especially the ones that struggle a little bit more, maybe on the autistic spectrum or just have um some issues in really understanding you know the nuance of of liking each other and playing together um if we can help them out then hopefully we can set them up for a lifetime of really really great friendship experiences
0: yeah so as parents we totally want our kids to have healthy friendships and not toxic ones the ones that make them feel good the ones that they love and they think about and they want their friends to come over and not those ones that they cry about when they're leaving and and they start questioning themselves and we see negative behavior patterns and just as parents we really want our kids to have good relationships young although you know they do learn things from bad relationships but that's not that's not what we want for our kids none of us we want our kids to have healthy good friendships that that set them up for life of it, it's kind of like a trust thing um so i i think um good friendships build trust. And that's something that we want for our kids or bad friendships build mistrust. And we, we don't want our kids to go through life with kind of this lens of mistrust. And like, I can't trust this person because I basing it off these, I have this foundation of bad friendships. So totally. Yeah. We, we want the best for our kids.
1: Okay, so to start off in talking about helping kids make good friends, um, let's talk about the actual making of them, right? Sometimes we actually have to create opportunities for this, especially as homeschoolers, right? It's really easy for us to kind of get lost in our own um, little bubble here, especially if we have a bunch of siblings. There's plenty to do at our own house and yard. Um, But if we want to create opportunities for friendships, we can do that at a library, at a park. Um, If your kid goes to school, obviously that's a huge opportunity. For us personally, we do homeschool co-ops so that they have that opportunity as well. Um, hanging out with other families, playdates, church, and then just neighborhood interactions. I let my kids ride their bikes and meet kids that are out playing at the park and just kind of strike up some friendships that way as well.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny how little we need to do to set up friendships with our kids. Like we just put them around other kids and boom, it just happens. And we don't really need to, like it's harder as an adult. I remember talking about kind of the awkward stage of, Figuring out how and where to make friends is an adult episode. All we need to do with kids is just put around other kids. (laughs) They got it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: it's totally true. All
0: right. But then how do we help them cultivate, you know, the positive social skills? Well, it starts at home. (laughs) We want our kids to, you know, teach them how to interact around others. I know that um, oftentimes I'll say to to one kid that's, you know, kind of exhibiting a a bad habit or bad behavior – because we also homeschool obviously. And so I'm like, did you realize that if you were in school or if you were at a park or if you're at the library and there are lots of other kids around that you would be the only kid doing this, or you would be the only, like the other kids, some of the other kids would look at you strange if you were doing this, like just kind of bringing in some of that social expectation, things about, oh, you know, for example, like taking turns and conversation or smiling or giving somebody else a chance to choose the game or being gracious enough to let others win the game, even though you could win every time. And then maybe some more um, nuanced things like giving compliments to each other, uh, to other people, saying nice things you know, how uh, I, I keep thinking about when I'm prepping for this episode, I keep thinking about that verse in the Bible that I referred to when we were doing our episode on, um, making friends as an adult is to have friends, a man must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Just thinking about um, what kind of friend do I want to be and treating others like I would like to be treated.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, a side note right here, I am a huge fan of letting kids play independently. I'm not just alone, but like with their friends and not intervening a lot. However, I will say that I think there's There is such a thing as, as not intervening ever, because sometimes when there's conflicts, I'll just, they'll come to me and I'll hear one side and then I'll hear the other side. And you never really quite figure out what went wrong in order to help them troubleshoot it. You just, you know, it's always the other kids fault or whatever. But occasionally I'll try to just kind of sit around and listen in every now and again to kind of see the dynamic and see if there's anything that I can help them adjust. Right. So if there's always a friend that they're having conflicts with, I'll try to just kind of you know, make myself not too obvious, but just listen around the corner to what they're talking about, how they're playing. And then maybe I can suggest, you know, it sounds like you are constantly maybe trash talking a little bit when you guys are playing a game. He might not like that. Or it sounds like maybe he wasn't very kind in this interaction. Let's ask him if he can change his words a little bit, you know, so that you can use your adult skills to help them work through some of those problems. Although, like I said, most of the time, they're really, really good at doing that, figuring that out on their own. And then in making good friends, we also have to talk about helping kids, um, you know, navigate these problems. Like I mentioned, you said, you know, taking turns, complimenting, et cetera. So when something goes wrong, are we teaching our children how to apologize? What's an appropriate apology? Is it just to like shuffle your feet and look at the floor and say sorry? <laughs> <laughs> That's how my kids always apologize, or is it to look someone in the eye and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. I meant to, you know, just play," or what? You know, explain a little bit. To forgive others, sometimes even harder, right? Um, Although kids tend to be way better at this than adults. (laughs) They just move on. Um, Accepting of others and different lifestyles, even while they stand up for their own values. So these are really tricky things and things that are difficult even for adults to get, but such good skills when they can figure it out.
0: Yeah. So we want to set up our kids for success um, in their friendships. And so like starting out with kids that you know um, have kind of the same values as your kids is a great place to start. So like, yeah, you mentioned, um, co-ops. That's a great place. Like if you homeschool, get in a homeschool co-op because then your kids are around other kids who homeschool and they don't have to go through that first roller coaster part of figuring out, you know, who homeschools and who doesn't what they, you know, what is homeschool (laughs) and kind of thing, or, you know, um, friends from your same religion that you can hang out with because you know, they're not going to be having to navigate those kind of waters. Um, we, We want our kids to be good influences and seek out others who influence them in a good way as well. And so just setting them up for success right at at the first instead of, (laughs) I I mean, I'm sure nobody listening to this podcast is going to take their kid down and drop them off somewhere they feel it's unsafe and say, hey, here you go, go make some friends. <laughs> Good luck with your social skills, I know, kid. but just because, like for example, just because someone is your neighbor or lives on the same block doesn't mean your kid has to be friends with them. You can be a little bit more um, instrumental in influencing who they make friendships with to start out with. Yes,
1: exactly. So I, if you guys remember, in episode 93, we talk about teaching kids how to have values without being judgmental of other people who live differently. And this is, again, a tricky thing that even adults struggle with. But um, we can be a good influence on our children in helping them seek the people that they want to spend their time with, right? What's the quote about you? You are a, a combination of the, the five people you spend <laughs> the most time with or something like that. We want our children to also have close friends who are embodying um, – you know, values and characteristics that we want our children to have. That being said, at age six, seven, eight, you know, kids are still learning as well. So we have to be patient with them and, and even help the neighbor kids learn what's appropriate and what's not, at least at our house, right? Yeah. Okay. So second part of this, avoiding the negative aspect of of having bad friends is, to point out potentially toxic behaviors that you see happening um, in relationships or their acquaintances. So gaslighting, for example, this is a tricky one and it's kind of an advanced psychological concept that adults get fall prey to as well, but kids can do this as well. And when we notice something that, like that, we don't even have to use the big scary term, but you can say, did you notice how you were sharing your feelings and he like put it back on you and blamed you? That wasn't a, a thing a good friend would do. Yeah, You know, maybe we should reevaluate whether we want to spend a lot of time with him or emotional abuse that happens. And, and especially if a kid is really, really wanting to fit into a relationship or a group of kids, um, they can be, they can fall prey to this as well. Um, and real, something we really want to watch out for, uh, excluding others, bullying, making fun of them. You know, when kids get together, they follow the path of least resistance. So if there's some kid that's making everything fun and he's also kind of being a bully, then everybody else tends to go along with him. We want him to be the example of standing up for the kid that's getting made fun of, or, um, you know, to be friendly to everyone. So just a couple of potential toxic behaviors that we got to watch out for.
0: Yeah. Um, when you see a kid, when you've taught, it's so beautiful when you see, um, some of your kids acting out or playing out, not play acting, but really they're executing things you've taught them like empathy. And, you know, they look at some kid getting, um, you know, the underdog and, and you see your kid, you know, um, act upon some empathy that you've taught them. And it's just nothing, nothing just warms your mom heart more than just to see your kid illustrating some of these things that you've, you've taught them how to be an, a good friend. All right. So when it, when it comes to older kids, especially we, we don't decide who they're going to befriend. And when we don't control that, um, we can, help them navigate, you know, earlier in the early years and talk about the kinds of friendships and influence and, you know, talk about everything that we've gone through and they'll have a history of this. But in the end, sometimes we'll see our kids making friends with people that with kids, other kids, other teenagers. And we just like, we just have to stand by and let them learn to navigate these friendships themselves. And we, you know, we stand by with love. And if they come to us and ask for advice, we give that, give them hugs, whatever they need. But, um, Part of growing up and part of letting our kids grow up is letting them make and choose their own friendships and and that's yeah, that's a really hard one as a parent sometimes, yeah,
1: you know i I remember as a child having a friend that I was really excited to hang out with and a new friend, and my mom uh, made mentioned some reservations she had about this friend that she thought maybe she wasn't the best influence, and I was really bitter about it. I thought, rude, you don't even know her, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of rebellious about it, and sure enough. <laughs> As the time went on, this friend proved to be not a great friend. And I remember thinking, I'm really grateful that my mom pointed that out, but she didn't um, stop me from spending time with this friend. She still let me. And I learned quickly that that my mom had been right, that this friend did not have my best interest at heart, and it was a good lesson. Um, not only to listen to my mom, <laughs> who usually knew more than me, but also to just be aware that not every friend was going to be as great a friend like some of my previous ones had been. That was kind of a little bit of a... Um, cracking of the innocence of young childhood. Like, oh, some people don't want to be nice. That's (laughs) sad. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we're going to move on to the last section, which is troubleshooting those toxic or abusive situations when we're really concerned about them. Right. Okay. Number one, We need to make sure we're teaching our children how to say no early on. And a really good way to do this that is, (laughs) was not popular when we were growing up is to give them body autonomy and let them say no to any sort of touch that they don't want. For example, mom or dad hugging or kissing you. If you ever had a child just, no, I don't want to hug. I don't want to hug. Generally we kind of force it on. them, like, Oh, come on, come hug your mom. And for mom and dad, that's generally okay. I think (laughs) because they love us, you know, and it's usually just kind of a joke, but, what about that aunt or uncle that they're uncomfortable with, or even grandma or grandpa? Or, you know what I mean? Like the, the more often we say, oh, just come on, just just give them a hug. They learn that they don't have autonomy over their own body. They have to do what mom says. And I think that's a very damaging lesson to teach a child. We want them to know early on that if they say no, it means no. And people need to respect those boundaries, right? Teaching them how to do that early on is really powerful.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of our, um, very popular episode on mother's intuition. And like, especially for our daughters, um, if we teach them to respect their intuition, um, like when you're talking about when it comes to their body autonomy and stuff and respect these feelings of, um, no, I don't want to be touched by this, you know, creepy uncle or whatever, then, um, teach them to listen to those instincts. And that is how the instincts are developed is by listening to them. If they're ignored, um, if you ignore your intuition and your instincts, then they kind of, you start to question them and they start to go away. So you've got to, you've got to um, build those. And especially in our daughters, I mean, not that our sons don't need their intuition, their instincts m- also, but there's just something as a, as a woman, as a mother, that that instinct can, and intuition can be started developed early on, very early on.
1: Yes,
0: exactly. All right. So. Open communication. Number two, and we need our kids to feel free to open up to us. Um, if we see something happening, you know, just encourage conversation, open the conversation. Hey, I noticed that you know when the neighbor kid comes over, you know, you are a little unco- you seem a little uncomfortable. Do you want to talk about that? And then listen. If they have something hard to say, listen without you know getting dramatic or saying no, that's not right, or you know judging the situation. Ask them about their own thoughts and feelings without before you put your thoughts and feelings into it, because they're they're the one, you know, trying to navigate this relationship. So before you put your two cents in there, listen to what they have to say about it. Yeah.
1: And then finally, uh praise your kids for opening up. Like you said, it's so important to respond without drama, without freaking out, especially when it's something that's hard to hear, like a child's been um, abused or, you know, seen something he shouldn't have seen to just stay super neutral and say, I'm so proud of you for telling me that hard thing. I bet that was difficult to open up about. And you talk about solutions together and you um, encourage them to talk openly with their friends as well. Um, I really wish I would have learned to not be so. I, as a child, I was really shy. And I, I really wish that I would have learned to be open regardless of the the consequences as a young child because that was a really hard thing to learn in my 30s. <laughs> especially when a relationship is not going the way I anticipated to talk about it. Right. Um, but imagine if a child could learn that early on, be amazing.
0: Yeah. And then there's an added layer of complexity when sibling groups are involved. What if one child gets picked on, but still wants to be included. Um, and then if, if the whole group is relations and the kids don't have a choice about spending time with them again in the future, that, that adds even more layers of complexity. Um, Because there's, you know, you don't have to be super best friends that hang out all the time, but you do want (laughs) family reunions to be, you know, friendly and that you don't, your kid doesn't hate going to them or you just start skipping them all together because there's so much bad, negative, (laughs) whatever going on you want. Yeah, it's just like layers of complexity um, the more kids you add. Because I guess, you know, every person has got their own set of social skills and, characteristics and personalities that they bring and it all just like you know it's like reminds me of the chicken coop you know we go out there and we throw in the bucket of table scraps and whoo watch them go at it best of luck
1: Yeah, you know, we had a, a question from a listener about this very topic about what happens when there's a bunch of kids playing together, including siblings, and one child is left out, right? Or excluded or bullied. It's really easy, like we mentioned, for some of the siblings to go, yeah, he's a jerk. I live with him. Trust me, I know. <laughs> to all kind of gang up on one child. And so when we've encountered this, this circumstance in the past, we have tried really hard to teach our children to be... Fiercely loyal of each other, right? So we sit down, have a little family meeting, and say, "Hey, I've noticed that sometimes so and so gets left out. Sometimes this child gets made fun of. How can we improve this situation? Because we, you know, family comes first. We take care of each other first. And if a friend is not being kind, how do we stand up for each other, right? And how do we make sure that that's that's not allowed?" Um, there was this hilarious video. In fact, I'll have to share a link in the show notes on TikTok. And one of them was about sibling interactions and um, it, it shows her and her friend, which is also her, you know, talking about something and her little sibling walks in and they start making fun of her or the the girl starts making fun of her. Hey, you look dumb. Hey, why are you wearing that? What's wrong with you? And then the friend chimes in and says, yeah, you look dumb. And then the girl goes, you can't call my sister dumb. What's wrong with you? Get, out, <laughs> get out of my house. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, that's happened to me too many times as a child. Like, you know, you have all these kind of mean to each other interactions as siblings, but don't you dare let anybody else pick on your, your sister because that's your job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something we definitely refer back to here um, when we're in a situation like this um, is our family's 20-year vision. So is this friend going to be around in 20 years? Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Is your sibling still going to be around in 20 years? Yeah, most likely. And what kind of relationship do you want to have with your sibling in 20 years? Like, we always encourage our kids that whenever they're fighting, do you want to be friends when you grow up? Like, we use we use the word friend when we refer to our siblings' interactions to each other way more than, you know, brother, sister, sibling words, just because we want them to grow up and be friends. We want there to be a friendship there, a deep-seated friendship that can't be... um destroyed by anything else. And and so we, well, you know, when there's a, a problem among friends, we always refer back to this 20 year vision. Your sibling is going to be here and in the future in 20 years, and you want them to be your friend because they're going to be a really, really neat person. And you, you want a friend like that.
1: Yeah. I love that you added that. You know, I will say that by and large, the kind of interactions kids have with each other as siblings is, um, you know, fairly lighthearted, even if it's fighting, like they usually get over most of their stuff. However, parents are there for a reason. And I have witnessed multiple adults deal with trauma that they have experienced in their childhood from siblings because parents didn't step in when they were supposed to. Um, So we need to be aware of that, that they can do damage to each other if we're not cautious. Um, But for the most part, I think they do work through their things and, and that it teaches them a lot of great skills for dealing with friends. So in the show notes, we are including a couple of articles um, that we referenced in this episode. And one of them, the Real Simple article, talks about which negative behaviors are the most damaging in friends. So if you do see some negative behaviors coming home with your child after he spent time with a friend, um, this article is a really great place to, to check and see, is this something I really need to be worried about? Or is this just kind of normal childhood behavior, especially if it's your first or second child and you haven't, um, you know, witnessed this before? And then can, it also talks about which ones
0: are seriously bad behaviors
1: that you kind of have to nip in the bud. So I thought that was pretty, pretty fascinating.
0: Another helpful tool we can give our kids, especially as they grow up um, a little bit older and can understand more advanced concepts is kind of the life coaching model. It can go a long way in helping them navigate tricky friendships. So for example, um, acknowledge their feelings when they are um, having a difficult difficulty with a, a friend relationship definitely acknowledge their feelings and and also encourage um, encourage those happy feelings when they're having a friendship go the right way too but then just make it um, so that I think one of the greatest tools you can teach your kid is that the way other people behave is out of their control and the only thing the only thing that you um, should glean from other people's behavior is information that it tells you about them. So a friend is behaving badly, poorly um, in a negative manner. What does that tell you about your friend? What does this tell you about the other person? Because it doesn't mean or doesn't have to mean anything about you personally, but it is a good source of information that tell you maybe this kid has a rough family life at home. Maybe he's not blessed with um, a mom and dad at home that love him like you have. And um, just, you know, use other people's behavior as information about other people, but don't use other people's behavior as an assessment of how to feel about yourself. <laughs> That's, I think, the most important tool that we can teach our kids about um, friendships is not to base their value or their worth or their feelings on um, the way that other people behave.
1: That is a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And the other thing we've been focusing on when teaching kids about um, you know, how they can control their thoughts and then their emotions is that um, no one else can make them mad? No one else can make them do these naughty things, right? They get to control themselves. In fact, my little one that has the um, some impulse control issues, when she gets really out of control and starts screaming about he did this and she did that, I just hold on to her and I say, "Who controls you? Who controls you? I do. That's right. You control you. So I want you to." calm down. I want you to stop screaming and let's have a conversation about it. You know, it's so easy to just deflect all this blame that, well, he took this and it made me so mad. It's like, wait, (laughs) who makes you mad? I do. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, you made you mad because you were thinking he shouldn't have done this. Let's talk to him about it. Let's talk a little bit more, you know, to just come back to taking control of their own, their own emotions. I love it. Uh, My final thought that I wanted to share was that we obviously can't and probably shouldn't shield our kids from, all negative behaviors, right? If the world is out there, they're going to find it eventually. Little by little, they, they uh, leave the home a little bit more to encounter these negative behaviors. But um, when we set them up for positive interactions as a child and we teach them what is healthy and what is not, then as they encounter more, as they get older, it will be easier and easier for them to realize when something is unhealthy. Um, And then that will hopefully set them up for a lifetime of wonderful friends and hopefully a wonderful spouse and uh, in-law interactions as well.
0: Yeah. So just a logistical thing, um, before we go somewhere, you know, since my kids don't get out a lot, being homeschooled and then being home for COVID for the past couple almost, you know, year and a half here. So you just, I was thinking about, you know, going out again and taking to a park and just, just do a rundown. Okay. We're going to see other kids here. We're going to have good behavior. We're going to treat others the way we want to be treated and just, you know, go through our little list. If anything happens that is not according to our family rules, we talked to mom and dad and just a little rundown reminder. And then, you know, I think our kids are practicing social skills on each other. <laughs> Maybe not as good as, as they do on friends, but, um, it's all, you know, in a big family, it's, it's really neat to see the interactions happen and, and to extrapolate those out into friendships is really neat to see too. It's definitely, definitely worth it to have friends. There's just a totally different dynamic than siblings. And, um, so we hope some things that we shared here help you navigate some of those tricky friend kid relationships too.
1: Yeah, best of luck helping your kids find and make amazing friends. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our
0: email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.